Act Four of King Lear and His Three Daughters by Anonymous. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scene One, outside a church in Gallia. Enter Cordella Sola. I have been over negligent today in going to the temple of my God to render thanks for all his benefits, which he miraculously hath bestowed upon me in raising me out of my mean estate, whenas I was devoid of worldly friends, and placing me in such sweet content as far exceeds the reach of my deserts. My kingly husband, mirror of his time, for zeal, for justice, kindness, and for care, to God his subjects, me, and common weal by his appointments, was ordained for me. I cannot wish the thing that I do want. I cannot want the thing, but I may have, save only this, which I shall ne'er obtain, my father's love. Oh, this I ne'er shall gain. I would abstain from any nutriment, and pine my body to the very bones, Barefoot I would on pilgrimage set forth unto the furthest quarters of the earth, and all my lifetime would I sackcloth wear, and mourning-wise pour dust upon my head, so he but to forgive me once would please, that his grey hairs might go to heaven in peace. And yet I know not how I him offended, or wherein justly I have deserved blame. O oh, sisters, you are much to blame in this. It was not he— but you that did me wrong. Yet God forgive both him and you and me, even as I do in perfect charity. I will to church, and pray unto my Saviour, that ere I die, I may obtain his favour. Exit Act Four, Scene Two, A Road Leading to the Royal Palace of Cambria. Enter Lear and Perilous Faintly. Rest on me, my lord, and stay yourself. The way seems tedious to your aged limbs. Nay, rest on me, kind friend, and stay thyself. Thou art as old as I, but more kind. Ah, good my lord, it ill befits that I should lean upon the person of a king. But it fits worse that I should bring thee forth, that had no cause to come along with me, through these uncouth paths and tireful ways, and never ease thy fainting limbs of wit. Thou hast left all, I, all, to come with me, and I, for all, have not to garden thee. Cease, good my lord, to aggravate my woes with these kind words, which cut my heart in two, to think your will should want the power to do. Cease, good perilous, for to call me lord and think me but the shadow of myself. That honourable title will I give unto my lord, so long as I do live. O oh, be of comfort, for I see the place whereas your daughter keeps her residence, and lo, in happy time the Cambrian prince is here arrived to gratify our coming. Enter the prince of Cambria, Regan, and nobles. Look upon them and whisper together. Where I best speak? or sit me down and die i am ashamed to tell this heavy tale then let me tell it if you please my lord tis shame for them that were the cause thereof what two old men are those that seem so sad 
methinks i should remember well their looks no i mistake not sure it is my father i must dissemble kindness now of force she runneth to him and kneels down saying father i bid you welcome full of grief to see your grace used thus unworthily and ill befit it of your reverend age to come on foot a journey so endurable oh what disaster hath been the cause to make your cheeks so hollow spare and lean he cannot speak for weeping for god's love come let us refresh him with some needed things and at much leisure we may better know whence springs the ground from this unlooked-for woe come father ere we any further talk you shall refresh you after this weary walk exeunt manet regan comes he to me with finger in his eye to tell the tale of my sister here whom i do know he greatly hath abused and now like a contentious crafty wench he first begins for to complain himself when as himself is in the greatest fault i'll not be partial in my sister's cause nor yet believe his doting vain reports who for a trifle safely i dare say upon a spleen is stolen thence away and here forsooth he hopeth to have harbour and to be moaned and maked on like a child but ere be long his coming he shall curse and truly say he came from bad to worse yet will i make fair weather to procure convenient means and then i'll strike it sure exit act four scene three outside the royal palace of cambria enter messenger solus now happily i am arrived here before the stately palace of the cambrian king if lear be here safe seated and in rest to rouse him from it i will do my best enter regan now bags of gold your virtue is no doubt to make me in my message bold and stout the king of heaven preserve your majesty and send your highness everlasting reign thanks good friend but what imports thy message kind greetings from the cornwall queen the residue these letters will declare she opens the letters how fares our royal sister i did leave her at my parting in good health she reads the letters frowns and stamps <laughs> see how her colour comes and goes again now red as scarlet now as pale as ash <laughs> oh, see how she knits her brow and bites her lips and stamps and makes a dumb show of disdain mixed with revenge and violent extremes here will be more work and more crowns for me alas poor soul hath he used her thus and is now come hither with intent to set divorce betwixt my lord and me doth he gives out that doth here report that i do rule my husband as i list and therefore means to alter so the case that i shall know my lord's to be my head well it were best for him to take good heeds or i will make him hop without a head for his presumption dotard that he is in cornwall he hath made his mutinies first setting of the king against the queen then stirring up the commons against the king 
that he hath been continued any longer he had been called in question of his fact so upon that occasion thence he fled and comes thus slyly stealing unto us and now already since his coming hither my lord and he are grown in such a league that i can have no conference with his grace i fear he doth already intimate some forged cavillations against my states tis therefore best to cut him off in time lest slanderous rumours once abroad dispersed it is too late for them to be reversed friends as the tenor of these letters shows my sister puts great confidence in thee she never yet committed trust to me but as i hope she found me always faithful so will i be to any friend of hers that hath occasion to employ my help has thou the heart to give a stratagem and give a stab or two if need require i have a heart compact of adamant which never knew what melting pity meant i weigh no more the murdering of a man than i respect the cracking of a flea when i do catch her biting on my skin if you will have your husband or your father or both of them sent to another world do but command me do it it shall be done it is enough we make no doubt of thee meet us to-morrow here at nine o'clock meanwhile farewell and drink that for my sake ay this is it will make me do the deed <sighs> oh had i every day such customers this were the gainfullest trade in christendom a purse of gold given for a paltry stab why here's a wench that longs to have a stab <laughs> well i could give it her <clears throat> and ne'er hurt her neither <sighs> exit act four scene four a room in the royal palace of gallia enter the gallian king and cordella when will these clouds of sorrow once disperse and smiling joy triumph upon thy brow when will this scene of sadness have an end and pleasant acts ensue to move delight when will my lovely queen cease to lament and take some comfort to her grieved thoughts if of thyself thou deign'st to have no care yet pity me whom thy grief makes despair o oh, grieve not you my lord you have no cause let not my passions move your mind a whit for i am bound by nature to lament for his ill-will that life to me first lent if so the stalk be dried with disdain withered and sere the branch must needs remain but thou art now graft in another stock i am the stock and thou the lovely branch and from my root continual sap shall flow to make thee flourish with perpetual spring forget thy father and thy kindred now since they forsake thee like inhuman beasts think they are dead since all their kindness dies and bury them where black oblivion lies think not thou art the daughter of old lear who did unkindly disinherit thee but think thou art the noble gallian queen and wife to him that dearly loveth thee embrace the joys that present with thee dwell let sorrow pack and hide herself in hell 
not that i miss my country or my kin my old acquaintance or my ancient friends doth any wit distemperate my mind knowing you which are more dear to me than country kin and all things else can be yet pardon me my gracious lord in this for what can stop the course of nature's power as easy is it for four-footed beasts to stay themselves upon the liquid air and mount aloft into the element and overstrip the feathered fowls in flight as easy is it for the slimy fish to live and thrive without the help of water as easy is it for blackamoor to wash away the tawny colour from his skin which all oppose against the course of nature as i am able to forget my father mirror of virtue phoenix of our age too kind a daughter for an unkind father be of good comfort for i will dispatch ambassadors immediately for britain unto the king of cornwall's court whereas your father keepeth now his residence and in the kindest manner him entreat that setting former grievances apart he will be pleased to come and visit us if no entreaty will suffice the turn i'll offer him the half of all my crown if that moves not we'll furnish out a fleet and sail to cornwall for to visit him and there you shall be firmly reconciled in perfect love as erst you were before where tongue cannot sufficient thanks afford the king of heaven remunerate my lord only be blithe and frolic sweet with me this and much more i'll do to comfort thee exeunt act four scene five a room in the royal palace of cambria enter messenger solus oh, it is a world to see now i am flush how many friends i purchase everywhere <laughs> how many seek to creep into my favour and kiss their hands and bend their knees to me <sighs> no more here comes the queen now shall i know her mind and hope for to derive more crowns from her <laughs> enter reagan my friends i see thou mindest thy promise well and art before me here methinks to-day i am a poor man and it like your grace but yet i always love to keep my word well keep thy word with me and thou shalt see that of a poor man i will make thee rich i long to hear it it might have been dispatched if you had told me of it yesternight it is a thing of right strange consequence and well i cannot utter it in words <laughs> it is more strange that i am not by this beside myself with longing for to hear it were it to meet the devil in his den and try about with him for a scratched face i'd undertake it if you would but bid me ah good my friend that i should have thee do is such a thing as i do shame to speak yet it must needs be done i'll speak it for thee queen shall i kill thy father i notice that and if it be so say ay oh why that's enough and yet that is not all what else thou must kill that old man that came with him here are two hands for each of them is one and for each hand here is a recompense 
gives him two purses. Oh, that I had ten hands by miracle! I could tear ten in pieces with my teeth. So in my mouth you'd put a purse of gold. But in what manner must it be effected? Tomorrow morning, ere the break of day, I by the while will send them to the thickets, that is about two miles from the court, and promise them to meet them there myself, because I must have private conference about some news I have received from Cornwall. This is enough, I know they will not fail, and then be ready for to play thy parts, which done thou mayest right easily escape, and no man wants mistrust thee for the fact. But yet, before thou prosecute the act, show him the letter which my sister sent. There let him read his own indictment first, and then proceed to execution. But see thou faint not, for they will speak fair. Could he speak words as pleasing as the pipe of mercury, which charmed the hundred eyes of watchful Argus, and enforced him sleep, yet hear a word so pleasing to my thoughts? To the purse. As quite shall take away the sound of his. Exit. About it, then, and when thou hast dispatched, I'll find a means to send thee after him. Exit. Act four, scene six. A room in the royal palace of Cornwall. Enter Cornwall and Goneril. I wonder that the messenger doth stay, whom we dispatched for Cambria so long since. If that his answer do not please us well, and he do shew good reason for delay, I'll teach him how to dally with his king, and to detain us in such long suspense. My lord, I think the reason may be this. My father means to come along with him, and therefore tis his pleasure he shall stay, for to attend upon him on the way. It may be so, and therefore, till I know the truth thereof, I will suspend my judgment. Enter servant. And like your grace, there is an ambassador arrived from Gallia, and craves admittance to your majesty. From Gallia? What should his message hither import? Is not your father haply gone thither? Well, whatsoe'er it be, bid him come in. He shall have audience. Enter ambassador. What news from Gallia? Speak, ambassador. The noble king and queen of Gallia first salutes by me their honourable father, my lord Lear. Next they commend them kindly to your graces, as those whose welfare they entirely wish. Letters I have to deliver to my lord Lear, and presents too, if I might speak with him. If you might speak with him? Why, do you think we are afraid that you should speak with him? Pardon me, madam, for I think not so, but say so only cause he is not here. Indeed, my friend, upon some urgent cause, he is at this time absent from the court. But if a day or two you here repose, tis very likely you shall have him here. Are we not worthy to receive your message? I had in charge to do it to himself. To herself. It may be, then, twill not be done in haste. How doth my sister brook the air of France? Exceeding well, and never sick one hour since first she set her foot upon the shore. I am the more sorry. I hope not so, madam. Oh, didst thou not say that she was ever sick since the first hour that she arrived there? No, madam, I said quite contrary. <laughs> then I mistook thee. Then she is merry if she have her health? Oh, no, her grief exceeds, until the time that she be reconciled unto her father. 
God continue it. What, madam? Why, her health. Amen to that. But God release her grief, and send her father in a better mind, than to continue always so unkind. Oh, be a mediator in her cause, and seek all means to expiate his wrath. Madam, I hope your grace will do the like. Should I mean to exasperate his wrath against my sister, whom I love so dear, no, no. To expiate or mitigate his wrath, for he hath misconceived without a cause. Oh, ay, what else? Tis pity it should be so. Would it were otherwise? It were a great pity it should be otherwise. Then how, madam? Then that they should be reconciled again. It shows you bear an honourable mind. It shows thy understanding to be blind, and that thou hast need of an interpreter. Speaks to herself. Well, I will know thy message ere it be long, and find a mean to cross it if I can. Come in, my friend, and frolic in our court, till certain notice of my father come. Exeunt. Act four, scene seven. In the open country of Cambria. Enter Lear and Perilous. My lord, you are up to day before your hour. Tis news to you to be abroad so wraith. Tis news indeed. I am so extreme heavy that I can scarcely keep my eyelids open. And so am I. But I impute the cause to rising sooner than we used to do. Hither my daughter means to come disguised. I'll sit me down and read until she come. Pulls out a book and sits down. She'll not be long, I warrant you, my lord. But say a couple of these they call good fellows should step out of a hedge and set upon us. We were in good case for to answer them. For not for us to stand upon our hands. I fear we scant should stand upon our legs. But how should we do to defend ourselves? Even pray to God to bless us from their hands, for fervent prayer much ill hap withstands. I'll sit and pray with you for company. Yet was I ne'er so heavy in my life. They both fall asleep. Enter the messenger, or murderer, with two daggers in his hands. <laughs> Were it not a mad jest, if two or three of my profession should meet me and lay me down in a ditch, and play rob thief with me, and perforce take my gold away from me, whilst I act this stratagem, and by this means the greybeards should escape, faith, when I were at liberty again, I would make no more to do but go to the next tree and there hang myself. Sees them and starts. Oh, but stay, methinks my youths are here already, and with pure zeal have prayed themselves asleep. I think they know to what intent they came, and are provided for another world. He takes their books away. Now could I stab them bravely while they sleep, and in a manner put them to no pain, and doing so I showed the mighty friendship, for fear of death is worse than death itself. But that my sweet queen willed me for to show this letter to them, ere I did the deed. Hmm. Mass, they begin to stir. I'll stand aside. 
so shall i come upon them unawares they wake and rise i marvel that my daughter stays so long i fear we did mistake the place my lord god grant we do not miscarry in this place i had a short nap but so full of dread as much amazeth me to think thereof fear not my lord dreams are but fantasies and slight imaginations of the brain persuade him so but i'll make him and you confess that dreams do often prove too true i pray my lord what was the effect of it i may go near to guess what it pretends leave that to me i will expound the dream methought my daughters goneril and regan stood both before me with such grim aspects each brandishing a falchion in their hand ready to lop a limb off where it fell and in their other hand a naked poignard wherewith they stabbed me in a hundred places and to their thinking left me there for dead but then my youngest daughter fair cordella came with a box of balsam in her hand and poured it into my bleeding wounds by whose good means i was recovered well in perfect health as erst i was before and with the fear of this i did awake and yet for fear my feeble joints do quake i'll make you quake for something presently stand stand they reel we do my friend although with much ado deliver <sighs> deliver deliver us good lord from such as he you should have prayed before while it was time and then perhaps you might have scaped my hands but you like faithful watchmen fell asleep the whilst i came and took your halberds from you shows their books <laughs> and now you want your weapons of defence how have you any hope to be delivered this comes because you have no better stay but fall asleep when you should watch and pray my friend thou seemst to be a proper man blood how the old slave claws me by the elbow he thinks belike to scape by scraping thus and it may be are in some need of money oh that to be false behold my evidence shows his purses if that i have will do thee any good i give it thee even with a right good will the messenger takes it here take mine too and wish with all my heart to do thee pleasure it were twice as much the messenger takes his and weighs them both in his hands. Hmm. Oh, none of them. They are too light for me. Puts them in his pocket. Why then, farewell. And if thou have occasion in anything to use me to the queen, tis like enough that I can pleasure thee. They proffer to go. Do you hear? Do you hear, sir? if i had occasion to use you to the queen would you do one thing for me i should ask ay 
anything that lies within my power here is my hand upon it so farewell proffers to go hear you sir hear you pray a word with you methinks a comely honest ancient man should not dissemble with one for advantage <laughs> i know when i shall come to try this gear you will recant from all that you have said mistrust not him but try him when thou wilt he is her father therefore may do much i know he is and therefore mean to try him you are his friend too i must try you both prithee do prithee do proffer to go out stay greybeards then and prove men of your words the queen hath tied me by a solemn oath here in this place to see you both dispatched now for the safeguard of my conscience do me the pleasure for to kill yourselves so shall you save me labour for to do it and prove yourselves true old men of your words and here i vow in sight of all the world i ne'er will trouble you whilst i live again afraid is not with terror good my friend nor strike such fear into our aged hearts play not the cat which dallieth with the mouse and on a sudden maketh her a prey but if thou art marked for the man of death to me and my daemon tell me plain that we may be prepared for the stroke and make ourselves fit for the world to come <sighs> i am the last of any mortal race that e'er your eyes are likely to behold and hither sent of purpose to this place to give a final period to your days which are so wicked and have lived so long that your own children seek to short your life camest thou from france of purpose to do this <gasps> from france what soons do i look like a frenchman sure i have not mine own face on somebody hath changed faces with me and i know not of it but i am sure my apparel is all english sirrah what meanest thou to ask that question i could spoil the fashion of this face for anger oh, a french face because my daughter whom i have offended and at whose hands i have deserved as ill as any father did of child is queen of france nor thanks at all to me but unto god who may in justice see if it be so that she doth seek revenge as with good reason she may justly do i will most willingly resign my life a sacrifice to mitigate her ire i never will entreat thee to forgive because i am unworthy for to live therefore speak soon and i will soon make speed whether cordella will thee do this deed as i am a perfect gentleman thou speakest french to me i never heard cordella's name before nor never was in france in all my life i never knew thou hadst a daughter there to whom thou didst prove so unkind a churl 
but thy own tongue declares that thou hast been a vile old wretch and full of heinous sin ah no my friend thou art deceived much to her except for my confess i wronged through doting frenzy and o'er jealous love there lives not any under heaven's bright eye that can convict me of impiety and therefore sure thou dost mistake the mark for i am in true peace with all the world you are the fitter for the king of heaven and therefore for to rid thee of suspense know thou the queens of cambria and cornwall thy own two daughters goneril and regan appointed me to massacre thee here why wouldst thou then persuade me that thou art in charity with all the world but now when thy own issue hold thee in such hate that they have hired me to abridge thy fate oh fie upon such vile dissembling breath that would deceive even at the point of death am i awake or is it but a dream fear nothing man thou art but in a dream and thou shalt never wake until doomsday by then i hope thou wilt have slept enough yet gentle friend grant one thing ere i die <clears throat> i'll grant you anything except your lives oh but assure me by some certain token that my two daughters hide thee to this deed if i were once resolved of that then i would wish no longer life but crave to die that to be true in sight of heaven i swear swear not by heaven for fear of punishment the heavens are guiltless of such heinous acts i swear by earth the mother of us all swear not by earth for she abhors to bear such bastards as are murderers of her sons why then by hell and all the devils i swear swear not by hell for that stands gaping wide to swallow thee and if thou do this deed thunder and lightning <sighs> i would that word were in his belly again it has frighted me even to the very heart this old man is some strong magician his words have turned my mind from this exploit then neither heaven earth nor hell be witness but let this paper witness for them all shows goneril's letter shall i relent or shall i prosecute shall i resolve or where i best recant i will not crack my credit with two queens to whom i have already passed my word oh but my conscience for this act doth tell i get heaven's hate earth's scorn and pains of hell <sighs> they bless themselves o just jehovah whose almighty power doth govern all things in this spacious world how canst thou suffer such outrageous acts to be committed without just revenge o viperous generation and a curse to seek his blood whose blood did make them first ah oh, my true friend in all extremity 
let us submit us to the will of god things past all sense let us not seek to know it is god's will and therefore must be so my friend i am prepared for the stroke strike when thou wilt and i forgive thee here even from the very bottom of my heart <laughs> but i am not prepared for to strike farewell perilous even the truest friend that ever lived in adversity the latest kindness i'll request of thee is that thou go unto my daughter cordella and carry her her father's latest blessing withal desire her that she will forgive me for i have wronged her without any cause now lord receive me for i come to thee and die i hope in perfect charity dispatch i pray thee i have lived too long ay but you are unwise to send an errand by him that never meaneth to deliver it why he must go along with you to heaven it were not good you should go all alone no doubt he shall when by the course of nature he must surrender up his due to death but that time shall not come till god permit nay presently to bear you company i have a passport for him in my pocket already sealed and he must needs ride post shows a bag of money the letter which i read imports not so it only toucheth me no word of him ay but the queen commands it must be so and i am paid for him as well as you i who have borne you company in life most willingly will bear a share in death it skilleth not for me my friend a wit nor for a hundred such as thou and i marry but it doth sir by your leave your good days are past though it be no matter for you it is a matter for me proper men are not so rife oh but beware how thou dost lay thy hand upon the high anointed of the lord oh be advised ere thou dost begin dispatch me straight but meddle not with him friend thy commission is to deal with me and i am he that hath deserved all the plot was laid to take away my life and here it is i do entreat thee take it yet for my sake and as thou art a man spare this my friend that hither with me came i brought him forth whereas he had not been but for good will to bear me company he left his friends his country and his goods and came with me in most extremity oh if he should miscarry here and die who is the cause of it but only i why that am i let that ne'er trouble thee oh no tis i oh had i now to give thee the monarchy of all the spacious world to save his life i would bestow it on thee but i have nothing but these tears and prayers and the submission of a bended knee nails oh if all is to mercy move thy mind spare him in heaven thou shalt like mercy find i am as hard to be moved as another and yet methinks the strength of their persuasions stirs me a little my friend 
if fear of the almighty power hath power to move thee we have said enough but if thy mind be movable with gold we have not presently to give it thee yet to thyself thou mayst do greater good to keep thy hands still undefiled from blood for do but well consider with thyself when thou hast finished this outrageous act what horror still will haunt thee for the deed think this again that they which would incense thee for to be the butcher of their father when it is done for fear it should be known would make a means to rid thee from the world oh then art thou for ever tied in chains of everlasting torments to endure even in the hottest hole of grisly hell such pains as never mortal tongue can tell it thunders he quakes and lets fall the dagger next to perilous oh heavens be thanked he will spare my friend now when thou wilt come make an end of me he lets fall the other dagger oh happy fight he means to save my lord the king of heaven continue this good mind why stayest thou to do execution i am as wilful as you for your life i will not do it now you do entreat me ah now i see thou hast some spark of grace beshrew you for it you have put it in me the parlousest old man that e'er i heard well to be flat i'll not meddle with you here i found you and here i'll leave you if any ask you why the case so stands oh say that your tongues were better than your hands oh. exit messenger farewell if ever we together meet it shall go hard but i will thee regret courage my lord the worst is overpast let us give thanks to god and hie us hence thou art deceived for i am past the best and know not whither for to go from hence death had better welcome unto me than longer life to add more misery it were not good to return from whence we came unto your daughter ragan back again now let us go to france unto cordilla your youngest daughter doubtless she will succour you oh how can i persuade myself of that since the other two are quite devoid of love to whom i was so kind as that my gifts might make them love me if twere nothing else no worldly gifts but grace from god on high doth nourish virtue and true charity remember well what words cordelia spake what time you asked her how she loved your grace she said her love unto you was as much as ought a child to bear unto her father but she did find my love was not to her as should a father bear unto a child that makes not her love to be any less if she do love you as a child should do you have tried too try one more for my sake i'll ne'er entreat you further trial make remember well the dream you had of late and think what comfort it foretells to us come truest friend that ever man possessed i know thou counsellest all things for the best if this third daughter play a kinder part it comes of god and not of my desert exeunt act four scene eight outside the royal palace of cornwall enter the galleon ambassador solus there is of late news come unto the court that old lord lear remains in cambria i'll hie me thither presently 
to impart my letters and my message unto him. I never was less welcome to a place in all my lifetime than I have been hither, especially unto the stately queen, who would not cast one gracious look on me, but still with lowering and suspicious eyes would take exceptions at each word I spake. And fain she would have undermined me, to know what my ambassage did import. But she is like to hop without her hope, and in this matter for to want her will, though by report she'll have it in all things else. Well, I will post away for Cambria. Within these few days I hope to be there. Exit. End of Act Four.